best I can be. But I tell you, God don't hit a best mark. Yes. Help me right there. I hadn't thought about that and I said it. God don't hit a best mark. There's no mark of God that says, hey, God gets to be the best. God just increasingly is amazing. There is no best, no, no, no mark that says this is how good God can be. Man, He can be as, He'd be so amazing. He'd blow your mind with His goodness and with His grace. Hello and welcome to the Victory Bible Podcast. Thank you for deciding to listen today and be a part of our listening family. We pray that everything is a great blessing to you. Take your Bible, Revelation chapter number six. Thank you, Brother Thomas. Amen. I always love hearing testimony. Amen. Lord's good to us, ain't he? Amen. And always worthy of testimony. Amen. Worthy of praise and glory and honor. Amen. No doubt about it. Amen. Revelation chapter number six. And uh, look on down through some of these verses here. I mean, I, 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 have, I have enjoyed looking at these four horsemen. Uh, these four different men. These are. Uh, We've looked at the white horse rider, and he brought false peace in. There in verse number two, we find out about the white horse rider. He brings in a false peace. <clears throat> that red horse rider, we find out, brings in war. The Bible says the Lord had given him the ability to take peace from the earth. But then we're getting ready to look tonight at the black horse rider. If the Lord help us, that third seal and the black horse rider. They seven seals. In fact, this book, this whole book of Revelation is filled with the number seven. Uh, the seven churches. We're reading tonight about the seven seals. Uh, we'll read later on about the seven trumpets. We'll read about the seven vials. There's seven spirits of God. And you say, what is that? There's, well, the seven's number perfection. And what it is, is all this is ending up to where this is going to be the perfection of all things. Amen. It's going to be the end of it all. Amen. In the beginning of something great. Amen. It's going to be the beginning of us being with God for all of eternity. Amen. I'm thankful for that, ain't you? But I got to look at this uh, black horse rider and Florida help us for a little while. I'll give you some thoughts on it. And if you'll hang with me, I promise you, when we get to the end of this thing, I believe it'll help me and you both. Amen. It's been helping me reading it. And I pray to help you here in just a minute. I, we're going we're gonna to dive in some stuff. I believe it uh, uh, got that's just informative, but I believe there's something at the end of this. I believe it helped me and you both. But uh, I, I got to look at this, the, re, the black horse rider. The Bible says here in verse number five, And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. He said, Come and see. And I beheld, lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And boy, if the Lord help me, if the Lord, I'll preach on that, what we just got done reading. Verse number five, he said he, he saw a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. Father, Help me tonight, God, as we preach on this black horse rider. God, it is important. God, we know this prophecy. God, because it's got some good stuff, Father, in it. Uh, Lord, it, it ought to make us praise you more to know that we're not going to be here when all this is going on, Father. I'm thankful, dear God, that we're going up in chapter 4 and we won't be here in chapter 6. Lord, you said come up hither. 
in chapter 4. And God, there's coming today, the Bible says, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. And God, you're going to call all the living and dead children of God out of here. And I pray you just help us, dear God, to remember, God, we ain't going through what I'm preaching on tonight, but it sure will make us rejoice of what we're not going through. In Jesus' name, help us. Yes. Amen. Yes. Got to look at the black horse rider. Look, look at verse number. Look at verse number five there with me. He said, "And when he had opened the third seal, I wrote down this: uh, the seal opened." That's the first thought I like to give you tonight. Is this thought of the seal opening? And, and, and boy, I've said it every time, and I, and I feel like it still. It ought to always be repeated. Every seal. Or to go every time you look at a seal being broken, or to go back to the fact of who's breaking it. Jesus is the one breaking every seal. Because the Bible said in chapter 6, verse 1, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard as it were a noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. But the Bible said, I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals. It was a lamb who opened every seal in this Bible. Amen. Every seal in chapter 6 is opened by the lamb. And you say, what's the big deal? I believe you'll go back to where we've studied before. There was nobody else worthy but the lamb. Amen. And nobody at church is worthy but the lamb. Nobody in heaven is worthy but the lamb. Nobody but the lamb could open what we're looking at. Amen. Amen. Listen to this, verse number 5 again, he said, open the third seal. I heard the third beast say. I wrote down this, the spe there's not only a seal open, there's a special orator. And boy, that's a fancy word for speaking, amen. I just needed the O, that's all that is, amen. It ain't got nothing to do with nothing other than just needed the O. And that ain't even just for you, that's for my memory, that's what that's mostly for. But anyhow, a special orator, he's, he won't, he, he's somebody speaking, and we figure out who it is. Look at chapter 4, verse 7. He says the third beast. The Bible says the third beast. The Bible said the first beast was like a lion and the second beast like a calf and the third beast had, the fa had a face as a man. And so we find there in that verse that this, this third beast is a man. This third beast is the face of a man. But then we find out the symbol observed. Listen to this. Uh, verse number 5 again, he says, it's a black horse I believe you read I believe you're reading reading about the black horse rider I believe you find out the black horse rider is a a man that's bringing in famine he's not bringing in war he's not bringing in a false peace all that's already been brought in but this man is bringing in famine famine and a great extent of famine. Amen. God, God help us, man. It, it's going to be an amazing famine. It's going to be a famine like the world's never seen. Amen. I know we've seen times where corn has dried up and we've seen times where crops have went bad, but we have never seen a time like it's going to be in the tribulation period when there is a famine like you can't believe. I got reading about the black horse. I got to look at that. Just the, the, the color of the horse, I believe, symbolizes something. I believe the, the, just the blackness of this horse re resembles or symbolizes famine. And I'll give you some Bible to back that up so you don't just think color don't mean nothing. Look at Lamentation. 
Now, I'm not being racial tonight. I don't, I don't care one way or the other about black, white, red, whatever color you are. I'm just saying the color black. It really ain't nobody black if you want to get down to it. Most people ain't none of them black. I ain't never seen nobody really black. I've seen some darker people and some lighter people. But I ain't never seen nobody black, brother. I ain't never, nobody's black. Nobody's black. Amen. I'm about as white as it gets. Amen. And if I get embarrassed, I look like a Q-tip dipped in iodine. Amen. That's about how I look if I get embarrassed. Amen. But anyway, listen to this. Lamentations 4 and verse number 8. said, their visage is blacker than a coal. Their visage is blacker than a coal. They are not known in the streets. Their skin cleaveth to their bones. It is withered. It has become like a stick. They that be slain with the sword are better than they that be slain with hunger. For these pine away stricken through for want of the fruits of the field. That boy is talking about is people who are starving in a famine. And he's saying this, he said, these men who are starving, men, women, boys, and girls, starving in a famine, are black like a coal. And I don't, I don't believe that's talking about physically black. I don't know what all he means by it, but evidently black is, is showing a symbolic of, of, of famine. Symbolic of famine. Boy, I believe in Bible days, we're going to, in tribulation days, a lost man that's left behind will see a tremendous Famine like never before. Listen to this. Again, Revelation five, Revelation 6. And we'll try to just hang out there at Revelation 6 for a while, but we'll go to Matthew 20 here in a little while. But Revelation 6. I got looking not only at the symbol, symbol, symbolism observed, but a sad omission. There's some things missing. There's some things missing. In these ver- in, 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 not in these verses, but things missing that somebody needs. Look at verse 5. The Bible says there in verse 5, the last part of it, he says, had a pair of balances in his hand. Had a pair of balances in his hand. Now, balances is how they would weigh food back in Bible days. They didn't, they didn't have a scale. You know, we got scales now you can lay your food on top of, and you can find out how much your weight of your food is. You go to the deli, and you want some bologna, or you want some turkey, or you want some ham, or whatever you want. They can put it on top of it and weigh it, and they can figure out how much you, how much you need, how, how much weight you're wanting. They got so much per pound. But there's going to come a day... They're going to go back to the old, the old Bible way of doing things and they're going to begin to weigh food instead of the quantity of food. Well, yeah. i got to look at that. The pair of balances is a sad omission. I see, I, I see some things missing because of the pair of balances. Because food's not sold in quantity. They're not selling 10 of them or 12 of them or 15 of them or, or even 5 of them or 2 of them. They're selling them by weight and weighing every single Thing out before you get it. That's how that's how scarce food's going to be in Bible in, in, in tribulation days. In tribulation days, it's going to be so so scarce. Food's going to be so scarce that people are going to have to weigh their food instead of buy it in a pack or any kind of quantity. They'll weigh every single piece of it before they sell it. Hang with me. I'm going somewhere. I promise you. There's a, a pair of balances. Let me tell you this, not only a pair of balances, but a, a, a price of barley. Look at verse 6. And I heard a voice in the midst of, four, of the four beasts 
say, a, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. He said, he said a, a measure of wheat for a penny. Let me give you this first of all. I'm going to give you this first of all. What's, what's a penny's worth in Bible days? What's a penny's worth in Bible days? A penny in our day don't make much of nothing. You can't buy a stick of gum for a penny. You can't buy nothing for a penny, hardly. You couldn't pay nobody a penny and talk to you two seconds. I mean, you can't do nothing for a penny. Ain't nothing worth a penny. But listen, in Bible days, it wasn't that way. Penny was a different thing in the Bible days. If you'll read Matthew 20, you can just listen if you want to. I'm just reading one verse, and I'm turning right back. Matthew 20 and verse number 2. Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew 20, verse 2. He says this. Matthew 20, verse 2. The Bible said, And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And I know I read where some, somebody had said, you know, we don't know that that's the price, but none of these guys argued with it. He offered, he said, a man that owned the field went out in there, thank you, Noah, went out to a field and said, hey, anybody wanting to work in my field today, I'll give you a penny for the entire day. And nobody argued that point. Nobody did. You say, why? Because I believe it was a, a real daily wage. I believe it was a it was an honorable day's wage for that day. Amen. And hang with me, I'm ahead somewhere. So that's the entire day's wage is a penny. Yeah. An entire day's wage is a penny. I told you we're gonna look at the uh, we looked at what a penny's worth. Let me tell you what a, a provision and its weakness. Provision and its weakness. We got some weakness in this barley and some weakness in this wheat we're reading. And you say, what's the weakness? There ain't enough of it to go around. Amen. Listen to this. The Bible said, He said, And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, and I believe that's either the Father or it's Jesus. He said, A measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. And I got to read what a, what a measure was. You know what Bible measure is? A pint. So for an entire day's wages, you get one pint. An entire day's wages. And I got to, tell, I got to talk to Malia, I don't cook. That's an obvious thing. Amen. I'm not good cooking. I, I wish I was a good cook. But I'm not. Lord help us. I wish I was amazing, but I ain't. Well, anyhow, I, I feel like I just, I burn, I boil, I probably burn water if I tried to boil it. But anyway, Lord help us. That's the truth. That's God's honest truth. But I asked somebody, I said, if you take a, if you take a, a, a pint of wheat, what do you do with that? Miss Amanda, she told me, she said, you, she said, well, if you fill that whole thing up with wheat, all that, all that's not going to be good for anything. Some of that's going to be good. She said, by the time you shake it all down and get all of what's actually useful, it's going to be about half of what you got in that what you got in that what you got in that cup. And so then you can make flour out of it. You can make a cake, or you can make you can make a biscuit, or you can make something else. And, and I asked her, I said, well, if we make if we make stuff out of that, how much could that make? 
She said about one meal by the time we fed all five of our all five of our family, me and my wife and our children. Could you imagine a day's worth of wages to buy you one cup or one pint and then you ain't got enough to feed your family but for one meal per day and you still had to go out the next day and work the entire day and steal your entire day's worth of wages couldn't buy you but one more meal. I tell you, man, we, we can't really complain tonight. I mean, I know it's bad, but don't don't complain too bad. I tell you, at least you ain't paying a whole a whole day's wages for a pint of food. Amen. I don't know about y'all. My refrigerator's got a pretty good amount of food in it, and I'm pulling up any time I want to. I think God is good to us. Amen. You're saved, and on this side of the tribulation, been saved, and we're getting out rapture. I'm telling you, we ought to glorify God for that. Can you imagine the stress of a dad trying to work a daily job to give one meal a day to his children and his wife? Man, I couldn't imagine that, could you? Me and I say, well, God, God's just hard. God's harsh. Not God's gave every opportunity for people to be saved. They were the ones that reject them. They're the ones that said no. Hey, God's the one that bothered people. God wants them to be saved. And if they say no, that's not God's fault. God sent His own Son to die for sinners. And if they don't get saved, ain't God's fault. Think about this. The price of barley for a full day's wages. You can get a little bit of you can get a little bit of wheat. And you can get three measures of barley. I don't know about y'all for one thing. I don't want to eat barley. Somebody say amen. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever seen barley, barley don't look too pretty, I don't think. God bless you if you like it. Amen. Make your breath stink too, by the way. Amen. That barley just don't look good and it wouldn't make your breath smell no better. But anyhow, that barley, same way that, same way that wheat is. It's not going to do but so much. And both of these, and go, go thinking about this as I read these verses. I got thinking about this as I read this. Could you imagine how much meat cost if there is any? I said, if there is any. If there is any meat, could you imagine how much it cost to buy one cheeseburger? Come on. To buy one thing a thing a burger from the store so you can go home and make you something to eat. Could you imagine trying to make you just a little bowl of spaghetti? That'd be about a hundred dollar bowl of spaghetti you put in your mouth. I'm just saying this, man. How 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 much would it cost for just a little bit of food? God help us, man. It's gonna be a famine like never before. You say, I don't believe anything like that could happen, preacher. You've been watching. You paid any attention during the coronavirus. You paid any attention they can't, that they don't want to put lettuce back out there no more. You paid any attention that they, they had a, a meat shortage at one time. They would say they was going to have a terrible meat shortage. Have you, see, have you seen any of that? Because I had, hadn't you? And I saw that to say, oh, God, it's got to happen. I think God might have allowed me and you to see that, to let me and you know that it could happen at any point in time. They decide for it to happen. Anytime God decides to take the church up out of here, all the saved, born again Christians out of here in the rapture, whenever God decides to do that, He can allow it to happen. Listen to this. I got to look at that and thinking about it. 
Bible says that, that there's going to be for a penny, you can get a measure of wheat. For a penny, you can get three measures of barley. And I'm about to be done. And see, thou hurt not the oil and the wine. See that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. I'm going to give you a couple of different things I've read and I'll tell you which one I believe. Amen. I, I try to do that when we read stuff. I don't want you just to say, well, a preacher's dogmatically believing it this way. I'm going to tell you some of this stuff, I don't know that we're really going to know it until we get to heaven. If you know the whole Bible, then how little is your God? Amen. Listen, our God's so great big that I can't understand everything there is to understand about it. Our God is so amazing, no man has ever figured everything there is to figure out about Him until they got to heaven. Me and Brother Tony was talking about the other day, Brother Tony, that I, I, I praise the Lord on what little bit I know. Could you imagine when we get to heaven and we know all things perfectly how much we're going to worship over that. Amen. I worship over little things and little facts and a little bit of knowledge God has allowed me to get out of His book. But there's coming a day I'm going to know it all. Amen. I'm going to know why He loved me. I'm going to know all that He's done in my life. I'm going to know why He's trouble in my life to help me. Amen. And I'm going to worship. Ain't you? Yep, man. I thought about this. I'll be done. I said we've seen the seal open. We've seen the special orator. We've seen the symbol observed. seen the sad omission. I won't give you, we've seen the, we see the sympathy from the omnipotent. Boy, i got to read that. i got to read in this verse. He said, don't touch the oil and don't touch wine. I said, Lord, what in the world are you trying to say in them verses? I'll give you what one writer said. I, I don't know that I see it this way, but I, I'll give you what they said, and you can pick which one you think you believe in. But he said this. He said he believed that was talking about rich people. Letting rich people prosper while everybody else goes low. I don't personally believe that. I believe rich people are going to be just as poor as poor people come, come, come tribulation period. Everybody going to be wanting to die come tribulation period. Nobody's going to want to live through the tribulation period. They're going to want to die and cut it short because they don't want hell on earth because that's exactly what it's going to be. Literal hell on this earth. And I'm telling you, that ain't cussing. That's telling you the truth. It's going to be all the problems of hell on this earth in, a, in seven years. Of just absolute terrible, awful mess on this earth. Listen to this. I, I, that's what one writer said. One writer said it could mean a person that was rich. And that was why God had allowed, uh, God, God let the rich people get more wealthy and the poor people get more poor. I just don't think that's it. Here's my opinion. Here's what I think it is. Listen, let, let read Revelation 7, verse 3, and I believe it'll make sense what I'm getting ready to say. Revelation 7, verse number 3. There's more than one time that he says this. There's more than one time that he says, don't hurt this or don't hurt that. Do this, but don't you touch that. He tells them specifically, you do it this way and you leave that alone. And there's reasons why he does. Revelation 7 verse 3 said, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, 
till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. But he said, what, 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 do you, what do you mean? He said, hold up a minute till we get the seal on the people who got saved in the tribulation period. Can I tell you this? The only people that's going to get saved is people who have never heard the gospel before. If a man's heard the gospel and they go through the tribulation period, they cannot be saved. But there is going to be people who have been in churches, by the way, and never heard a clear presentation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're going to realize, I need to be saved, amen, in the midst of that tribulation period. And God's going to put a seal on the forehead of every child of God to get saved in a tribulation period. We say how to get saved by grace, through faith, plus nothing, minus nothing. So how to get saved in Old Testament? By faith, by grace, through faith, plus nothing, minus nothing. How do we get saved? By grace, through faith. Plus nothing, minus nothing. Amen. They got saved in the Old Testament that way. They'll get saved in the tribulation period that way. We get saved right now that way. Amen. It's always been grace. Bible says there shall no flesh be justified by the law. None. That's Old Testament flesh. New Testament flesh. That's right now flesh. That's over tribulation period flesh. That's all flesh. Nobody will be saved but by grace. Amen. And that's just Bible. Amen. Listen to this. In this sympathy from the omnipotent, you find a salvaging. Over there in chapter 7 verse 3, you find him salvaging the earth. But here in these verses, he's salvaging the oil. And he's salvaging the wine. Boy, I got reading that and thinking, in these verses, uh, that oil and that wine, oil was used, and wine was used as medicinal purposes in Bible days. Them oil, that, and I believe it's talking about them olive trees. And it's talking about them gra- all them grapes. Of vines that are growing everywhere throughout throughout the uh, Middle East. All he said, don't touch none of that. Leave all of that going, because there's going to come a day that those who've been saved are going to need some medicine. He said, what's the big deal about that? Is I'll give you a big deal about that. Here's here's what hit my heart. I wrote this statement down. God takes care of His children, no matter the situation. Amen. Those who get saved the tribulation period, all of a sudden God says, don't you touch that. You leave that alone. They might need some medicine later. You leave them alone. You let them have that. And I'm telling you, no matter the situation, God will always take care of His children. I'll tell you this evening, no matter what your situation is, God will take care of you. No matter what's going on around your house, at your job, at the store, in your family, in your life, God will take care of you. God will take care of you. And boy, I got to read this verse. I thought, you know, we could say, well, God can't take care of me in this situation. God can't do it in this situation. You cannot get a worse situation than the tribulation period. You cannot find a worse tribula- worse situation than the tribulation period. The Bible said there's going to come a time already that men will seek death and cannot find it. And yet God is taking care of His children in a time where men would seek death and can't find it. I said, I have to say this thing. It's not a situation so bad. There's not a problem.
problems so big, they've got troubles so wind so awful that God can't help you and take care of you. Because He absolutely can. I'll read that verse again. That Bible said, Hurt not the oil and the wine. And I believe it's for the same reason you find there in verse number 3 of chapter 7. He said, Till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So hold off a minute. Hold on a minute. Let's, let's leave that for the children of God walking through here. We need to give them some stuff. If they need any medicine, we need to leave it for them. God having sympathy on His children. I don't know about you, but I'm glad God's had sympathy on me. I'm glad God's had sympathy on me. I thought about that tonight. Really, you know, we say, well, God answered my prayer because I done this or I done that or I did this. Or, can I be honest with you? At your very best, you have never been worthy of God answering any of your prayers. At my very best, I've never been worthy of God ever answering any of my prayers. But I cannot tell you, thank God He has anyway. You say, how do He do it? By grace, by grace, by grace, by grace. How do you explain all them times you, you could have died but didn't? How do you explain all them times you was lost and out in sin and boy, God let you live? How do you explain all them blessings when you wasn't even loving God? He blessed you anyway. How do you explain that? Because God does it by grace. Amen. Again, I'll just make this statement, Lee, if you come on piano, baby. God takes care of His children no matter the situation. No matter what's going on tonight, God takes care of His children. God will not let you down. There's not a situation going to stop me from helping Noah, Maddie, and Marley. And way more than me. I only got a certain limitation. At some point in time, I, I, I hit my limit. Not that I don't want, not that I don't want to do things for my children or don't want to be the best dad I can be, but I, I still can't be but the best I can be. But I tell you, God don't hit a best mark. Yeah. Help me right there. I hadn't thought about that and I said it. God don't hit a best mark. There's no mark of God that says, hey, God gets to be the best. God just increasingly is amazing. There is no best, no, no, no mark that says this is how good God can be. Man, He can be, as, he can be so amazing. He can blow your mind with His goodness and with His grace. He loves you as a child. He loves you just like you're His boy. Just like you're His girl. And like He's taking care of you, walking with you, holding your hand, loving on you, caring for you, feeding you when you need it, clothing you when you got to have it. I tell you, no matter what the situation, God will take care of His children. If you will, stand to your feet, eyes closed, head bowed. Thank you again for listening to the Victory Bible Podcast. Look forward to you listening again with us next time. If you're not saved, our prayer is you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ at the end of this podcast. You'll pray and ask Him to be your Savior. Our, our prayer is if you're saved and discouraged, you be encouraged. And if you are saved and, man, you're trying to do your very best, we pray that you just keep on keeping on doing what God has called you to do. We love you. May God bless you. Have a great day.